You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knife here with always. Typical idea. Today's show going to be doing the 2013 certified movie, Dark Skies. Do you know what else happened in 2013? What? Our sponsor, Vamps Barn Bites, in Toronto opened their doors. (laughs) They also closed their doors. (laughs) I wholeheartedly urge everybody, just because this is what we've been talking about the last 10 minutes, to surf on over on Twitter to at Vamps Barn Bites, that's V-A-M-P-Z-B-A-R-N-B-I-T-E-Z, and check out our sponsor, Vamps Barn Bites. That's bar and bites, kids, not barn bites. It is the only vampire-themed bar in Toronto. If it still stands, and if it does, your boy is going there. Yeah, if, and if anyone knows anything about Vamps Barn Bites, please tell me, because it has been a fucking sick fixation with me to watch uh, a, a business crumble live on Twitter when it was happening. <laughs> Sorry, I've totally derailed the goddamn show. <laughs> but that's okay because we're not getting into it just just yet because you have a little sp- so something special for us. Yeah, to further derail our show. No, it's a uh, post mortem a little on our last episode, Fire in the Sky, which was the most fun. Like uh, we have fun every time we record the show, mm-hmm. always. Even if it's a movie West doesn't really dig or I don't really dig, we fake it and <laughs> <laughs> I love sitting in front of my friend, learning about you, talking about horror. This is what we do. Likewise. Um but well, you know, it's it's about the stories. Sometimes it's about the little stories. And I did have a little story last time with my mother's um, alien experience or UFO experience with her and some friends. Uh, last weekend, I went and visited my father and he got talking about it and it dawned on me. Holy fucking shit. I've never heard my dad tell the story. I knew he was there, but every time my mother would start talking, he just let her tell the story. I never heard it from him. So I quickly hit record. So we'll regale you now with a few minutes of my father talking about that particular alien experience and some developments that I wasn't even aware of. Lydia of the past, tell them all about it. So it had to be 72. 72. And it was summertime? Yeah. Like early summer or late summer? Midsummer. Midsummer. Now, who was all with you? Um... It was myself and Mick at first. Yeah. And uh, we were outside, and I had this big flashlight, big honking flashlight, and I seen this thing in the sky. So I blinked the light at it. And then it blinked back, and we run in the house. (laughs) (laughs) So then we started phoning everybody and telling them about this light blinking. So everybody... uh, Dick and his brother came down, and we've seen this light in this guy, and we started following it with our cars. And uh, your mom was with me in the car. We stopped, because we couldn't see it anymore. Yeah. And then we looked, once we got out of the vehicle, we looked up, and it was right above us. So we shit our pants. Was it right above you real low, or right above you real high? 
uh, kind of low. Okay. So we got back in the car. Yeah. Shit in our pants. And then we got back out and took a look for it. It was gone. And then we seen it about halfway across the missing. Oh, really? Okay. It was just like instantly. It went from where we were to like 20 miles away. Yeah. We could barely see it in a blink of an eye. And then boom, we never seen it again. You're all, you're all pretty intelligent kids. I mean, you could get a vision of this being like, you know, six, you know, party kids, right? But I know you guys, and I know you're all really intelligent and would know what an aircraft and know what oh, about no, airspeed no, no, no. and how high things oh, up no, are this, up in this, the air. This was a, a huge triangle. A huge triangle. Yeah. See, Mom never described it to me. You barely ever talked about it, but... I had no idea what shape it was or how low it was. How low you think it was when it was right over you? Oh, maybe 200 feet above us. Okay, that's low. It was huge. About how huge? It looked like about, it was a triangle, maybe 300 feet by 300 feet. Yeah, okay. That's 300 feet. Now, who called around? Like, someone, mom or someone called, like, ended up calling up to the base, right? Tina. Oh, it was Tina? Tina knew the guy that was the radar operator because she was the cook up at the air base. Yeah. And she cooked for the military. And she knew all the military guys. Mm-hmm. So when she seen this thing, she phoned him. And she says, you get your fucking arse out here and look at this thing. And the guy says, calm down, calm down. You don't see anything on radar. She says, you don't need fucking radar. Just look at it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the next morning, the military guys were all out there. Yeah. And they were landing back in Stamps Field with helicopters and checking it all out. So everybody reported it up and down Wasi Road. Seeing this triangle thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. wasn't just us that phoned it in. It was hundreds of people phoned it in. And I think if we if we do find more information, I think, and even in the newspaper clippings that were saved... People saw it out in Sturgeon and everything. So when you're saying, like, in the blink of an eye, it showed up over the lake, people could see it uh, on the other side of the lake, too, apparently. Well, you know where the towers are at Wassey Road? Yeah. That's where we stopped. Okay. And then within seconds, I'm telling you, it was fucking just, like, gone halfway across the lake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. So... When it blinked at you initially, you were at Tina's? Yeah. And whereabouts was it when it blinked? When it was... Right over the house. Oh, it was. So you were flashing straight up with this flashlight? Pretty well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, me and Wes just uh, covered the movie Fire in the Sky. And, you know, any alien talk got mum excited about alien stuff. But watching Fire in the Sky, it was like... Kind of scary. And it's a scary movie, but I mean, I think that it's that. None of us really uh, kept track of time. Yeah. So we don't know. Nobody knows if when uh, we were sitting there in the car, how long we were there when it was right over us. And we don't know how long between the time that we thought it was only seconds 
between the time it was there and the time it was gone. Does it feel like you're missing time? I don't know. It's been like 30-some years. Well, yeah, I know. Even as a kid hearing the story, no one mentioned if there was missing time. No, nobody thought about it. Was there any change in the darkness outside? No, no, it was the nighttime. This all started at, like, what time at night do you figure when you first saw it? Nine o'clock, ten o'clock. What time was it when, because I'm sure you guys all had to go and settle down and have a drink or something afterward, because it. Oh, we were up till midnight. Yeah, up till midnight. Were you shaken up? Like, was everyone kind of... Oh, excited, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never seen one before. Well, no, I'd guess not. But, see, that there's a... I've seen it on Facebook. The U.S. military has, like, a secret spaceship thing. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is, is it's a... Some sort of weather kite or something? Well, no, it's, it's a, like a stealth... Oh, well, yeah. Um, airship. Yeah. With gas, lighter than, air, lighter than air, gas, filled with gas. And it's a huge triangle thing. Which would explain the, the, the Canadian military's uh, interest in this. But what do you, do you think it could have been someone dicking around like that? Well, the only explanation that, that I thought of was it, was it wasn't just one of them. Ah, uh. There was two of them. Explaining how it would appear to move so fast. Yeah. All they had to do was turn off their lights here and turn their lights on over there. And you'd think that within a second it moved across the lake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, it was at night. And the one above us, still above us, but to turn the lights off. Did you hear any noises? No. Not a sound. Yeah, that's what I remember you guys telling me. Not a sound. Yeah. Absolutely silent. Yeah. I thought about it for lots, like, over the years. But I think it was around 72. So there's the story. I love that story. I love... Your dad's got a good, like, weathered, creepy voice. Like, he could (laughs) just... Like, I was, like, riveted... With his descriptions, right? Yeah, and he was like tired, so I so I so totally caught him off guard. We had been he'd probably been playing Grand Theft Auto or something, so he was totally not in storytelling <laughs> mode until he started going, so you can hear his voice pick up there. But like I was I was full of questions, maybe mm-hmm. not the best interviewer, but it's different when you're interviewing a family member because yeah. you're having a conversation and you tend yeah. to forget that you're rolling, right? But yeah. it was a it was a really cool conversation because that all started too because in the middle of whatever it was that he was doing, he remembered, oh yeah, you were looking for those articles. I don't know where they are. So we started talking about the articles of that UFO experience, which like he says, hundreds of people fucking reported it. It was in the paper the next day. So... I know we have those articles somewhere, so I'm going to find them. Or, you know, worst case scenario, I'll contact the North Bay Nugget and get them pulled from archives. Wait, microfiche? Oh, probably. Oh, my God. You've made me so happy. (laughs) That would be amazing. This will be the second time this year I've had somebody dig through microfiche for me. As much as I like doing it myself, the last time I was looking for my psychological results from grade three. Oh, uh, my God. I wanted to get my... um, 
IQ test results because I kind of want the Mensa magazine and you kind of got to have the IQ for it. And I know I do, but I just don't have the papers to prove it. Mm -hmm. So if that IQ test already exists, I don't want to get another one because it can change as you age. So I want that original one that qualifies me and I can't. But somebody actually said in the email, I've looked through our microfiche and I can't find your records. Oh, that's incredible. No, I'm almost like if we're doing the microfiche thing, I'm coming along I'm bringing my Margot Kidder boots and jacket and my big glasses, 70s glasses, and we will go through the microfiche. It's a shame that your hair can't quite get stuck in your mouth like it does when you're on a microfiche. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can chew on a pencil. Oh, good. Okay, yes. You'll need that. (laughs) For the authenticity. It makes the microfiche more accurate. That's what I heard. There's an even better thing than microfiche in this movie, Dark Skies. There is... Like you had said, a library scene, but it's even better. It's the expert's hovel. Yes. <gasps> I was kind of, I was holding back because I, because I was like, all right, there's going to be lots of things in this movie that Lids is not going to like. However, give me a chance. There's whole <laughs> schoolyards of fucking children I don't like in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, a hovel with newspaper clippings and books from all eras and you have jk simmons j jonah jameson my favorite of, not grizzled i don't want to call him grizzled he's an attractive human being but he just commands respect on his face he does and sometimes you would need sometimes you need a veteran actor to deliver some of these lines very important lines um because frankly speaking like no one else is really going to be able to carry that the weight and the gravitas in this film other than him so you need like this is the voice of authority this is the face of authority mostly because you can't get the smoking man from x-files to do it but you're exactly right because not only do they believe him how could they not we do as the Mm -hmm. audience and Mm -hmm. i really love that scene really really love that scene Far and above most of the scenes for the first half of the film. Because like you had said and you'd prefaced it, it really is just like a Blumhouse haunting film up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. It really is. And 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 we've covered uh, Blumhouse movies on this uh, podcast before. For better and worse. For better and worse. We've done things that we've liked quite a bit. Uh, you know, Dead Silence has some great moments in it. Uh, we were really split on Oculus. Um, but um, Lights Out. That was a Blumhouse picture. We really liked that. Yeah, um, and they've really come into their own. I mean, if I were to boycott Blumhouse films, which I never would, I mean, then, or boycott Blumhouse entirely, I'd be boycotting my pal Ron, who used to write for Remark. There's no way I'm going to boycott <laughs> Ron. And, you know, they have, I would have not seen the new Halloween, right? Yeah, so exactly. they're putting out some really, really great stuff. But I think they're just like a Fox Searchlight sort of feel to them where they will give people a chance when they see value. Mm-hmm. in any aspect of the film and they get lucky when the whole film is gold like the yeah. Halloween. It, 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 but there there really is uh what a, a safe house style yeah um that uh that grates on some people rightfully so i mean and and like i cannot deny that there are there is a weakness in the first half of this movie like i would be Blind. Like there's weakness in the first half of a lot of what Blumhouse is putting out. Exactly. Yeah, so it sort of mirrors that transition. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, and we got the creepy interview with your dad, which mm-hmm. I love. One of the things that I was thinking about, actually, and again, I've said this on the podcast before, is that 
I was like, I had no idea, guys. That's I'd never heard that story before myself, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like literally learning about you in real time, and everyone can listen to. It. I was like, fuck, man, that was a cool story, and I had no idea, no idea that you had that ready to go for our all you told me was that your mom was really into ufos before we actually get into the movies i just wanted to remind you guys and believe me the response has been fucking amazing uh-huh. but um we have uh finally released uh teresa the first chapter of teresa now we had originally planned to put it on spotpictures.net it's very difficult to do the coding that I needed to do for that. And that was really slowing down the process. One of my friends, um, she put me on to this service called Webtoons, which is literally everything I want it to be. Yep. And it's very popular. It's a great platform. It's a great platform. Um, it has a very uh, active built-in community, which has been really fucking great. Um, it's it makes it very easy for someone like me that has limited uh, technological capabilities. I can do what I can do, but when it comes to like, I was looking at what I needed to do and I was trying to get anyone. I was trying to pull as many people as I possibly could to like, help me figure this out and crack this fucking code. Now that the world of world WordPress was opened up to you. And I went through plugin after plugin after plugin thinking, nah, this one doesn't quite do it. Nah, this one doesn't quite do it. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine the yeah. fucking sheer amount of hours you poured into looking for a solution to this. Months. Like, well, months. you're a writer, not a web technician. Exactly. And and I and I was like I was like, listen, we spent a lot of money to try to upgrade this site. And that's this is not me bashing uh WordPress. This is just me saying this was beyond my capabilities and I just couldn't figure it out and I was sick of waiting and I know Chris was sick of waiting so we wanted to get it to you guys and so webtoons is how we're going to do it and I'm fucking thrilled with this idea oh completely and so it is out it is available um how we're going to do it um is weekly updates so what we did was we took all vignettes that we had already released we put those up leading up to the thing and Chris actually banged out a brand new one that dropped the same day as the first little chunk of Teresa's chapter, which was adorable. I had no idea that he was going to do that, but like this just lets you know what a machine this guy is. Like he just from concept to completed page in a day. Yeah. Um yeah. just done and and he wrote that, but then the 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 first five pages of the first issue of Teresa is out and Coming next week and every subsequent week, there will be more releases of that issue, and it's all going to be by beat. So summers, it's going to be sometimes it's going to be five pages, four pages, six pages, just whatever makes sense to land on. So we land on something that'll keep your interest, basically, is what we're doing. That's awesome, and it is a really good platform for it. I like that you said there's a built-in community already. I think one of my cousins used Webtoons before, for mm. years ago, a uh, web or web. A comic that she had done mm-hmm. and i followed other web comics there even and i'm not even a huge comic reader so no not really and it's highly navigable i'm sure we can embed it on the site somehow yeah yeah yeah, yeah but either way i mean go to webtoons go to webtoons um like i said the response has been fucking really great you like we're getting subs every day and we're already over a thousand views uh we're like past 1100 now it's only been out for a couple of days. Everyone's been really liking it and commenting on it, and uh, we fucking have a Patreon. Yep, there was already Patreon uh, followers, and I was probably one of the first clickers <laughs> as soon as Wes had posted that it was live. And poof, there's already some followers. So 
Yeah. Jump on that. What is the address? Do you know offhand? So the address for the Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash Teresa comic. And if you go to Webtoons, the uh, to like, you can go to my Instagram, which is dead underscore air 83. And there's a link in my bio that'll take you right there. But you can just go to Webtoons.com. Uh, there's an app that you can download for your phone if you're inclined or just use your PC. Just type in Teresa. It is the first thing you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Teresa, Where the Darkness Takes Us is the first installment, yeah? Oh, Where the Darkness Takes Me. Where the Darkness Takes You. <laughs> Not just me. Wow. But no, yes, Where the Darkness Takes Me, the first chapter is about characters, restless characters leaving into the night and that basically changing their lives. Just one decision of like, I'm going out tonight. I feel like leaving. I don't want to be at home anymore. And how that sort of takes them on this slippery slope and opens up a world that has always existed that they have not been privy to up until this day where it would be very demonstrable. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful mm-hmm. stuff. I'm looking forward to the next one. And I hope everyone catches up soon. Yeah. I'm harass you about it on our next episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm usually not very aggressive when it comes to promoting stuff. I usually kind of get a little shy because I'm like, oh, well, you know, whatever. You'll read it when you read it. But now... I'm I'm emboldened because I feel like I'm pumping up Chris Bagarin, my artist. I'm just, it's not my you don't want my my soggy old words. Soggy old words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we, and we talked about that how it's so much easier to share that sort of excitement, right? And be excited for the other component in your project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have some projects eventually. Right now I can't talk about anything, but holy fucking shit, it is so not about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, what is this movie even about anyways, Lydia? It's about how maybe sometimes when a child is sickly uh, in their younger years, you should just let them slip away. Just let them slip away. Got that asthma attack? Just step back. Let it happen. Let nature take its course. <laughs> Why let nature take its course? Why not just smother the child with a pillow? <laughs> well, you could do that too. Depends on how strong your arms are because that's not easy either. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's buck wild. Like it just like I just keep thinking of the ending of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where Jack Nicholson dies. You can, like rip a sink out of the wall and just run to the field. That's one way. But yes, it is. It is literally about that. Yeah. No. I guess if you want to be serious about it, uh, it's about how when your child is sickly. In their younger years, you should just maybe let them slip away and let nature take its course. Um, <laughs> seriously, it's about these, uh, this family who is faced with a lot of very typical things for typical families, I suppose. Because in my notes, I say, I am so glad that I'm not one of these breeder sheep. Um, so it's the problems <laughs> that face breeder sheep um, and people who oversight and the on uh, the the mid stride of the credit crisis in the United States, where a lot of families were having a lot of domestic problems and related to money and jobs and stuff like that. So the, uh, with that, they had other little strange problems in their house. It appeared that somebody was breaking in. It appeared that uh, the the cops even blamed one of their children must be fucking with them because things were missing in their home. And they did have that beautiful age, thirteen uh, year old boy in the house. Which is the same as having a 13-year-old girl. One of them pisses themselves, the younger one. And we all know what Regan shit going on that means. Uh, Somebody's possessed or something. It does sort of set it up like the house is haunted or these children 
are reacting like an after-school special. And it does have an after-school special kind of flavor for the first half of it, of like, how did your son get these marks on his body and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of that going on. But knowing where it's coming from and sort of having an idea of where we're headed in this film, that we know that these parents aren't the ones doing this. Yes, they fight at night. Yes, their kids are under stress. They're under a lot of stress. But there's something else fucking going on here because something broke into their house and emptied out their fridge eating all of the vegetables. That's strange. The door was locked. Um, Something has created this strange, almost like a fucking Jenga tower out of all the belongings in their living room and the kitchen on the kitchen table, which had this weird geodesic design reflected on the ceiling because of the way that things were laid out and the way that their chandelier was was swimming which kind of reminds me of some of the towers that block towers that autistic children will build um not a wonder if this kid were doing it and he was autistic that his father's an architect yeah just like a good horror dad (laughs) but the cops are like, oh, you know, your kids are probably doing this. Your kids are probably the ones that stole every single family photo out of the frames, which would creep me the fuck out. So you can relate to these highly unrelatable people to me. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they'd be highly relatable to the bulk of society. Uh, you called them a uh, breeder sheep, I believe. <laughs> yeah, breeder sheep. <laughs> which is exactly what they fucking are. No, no arguments here. Mm-hmm. They probably have a white picket fence. I didn't look close enough. But they are set off on a, a, this, this journey to try and figure out what the fuck is going on in their house. They mm-hmm. reactivate their alarm system that they had let lapse and it starts going off. And that's really the turning point in the story uh, away from there's got to be some other explanation to this to there's something unexplained going on here that they need to investigate outside of law enforcement. And thank God no one calls a fucking priest. But <laughs> all of the uh, alarm entries, all the entry points of their house were breached at once and set off their alarm system, although there was nothing going on, which is awesome. The cop even mentions, you know, oh, it could be this, it could be that. One of your children could be a sleep eater. And they don't really get into it, but my sister was a sleep eater. And it only hits her once in a while. It's moments of stress. She'll wake up and have like an empty pie tin in her bed with her. Well, perhaps the stress of uh, of a young uh, married couple who has children and are living beyond their means and, you know, cable bills to pay. Uh, and uh, one of them's a real estate agent that is too honest to sell a house. And the other is an architect dad. An architect dad. But this is like the downturn. This is, like I said, the credit crisis of the U.S. This is all the architect crisis of horror films Jesus. where one of them's actually out of work and doesn't live in a fucking condo that overlooks the ocean side really weird generic uh job placements here what these a lot of generic job placements here where these people these breeder sheep (laughs) yes these breeder sheep they have i mean it's just like the script writers threw a dart at a dartboard Mm -hmm. and but but i mean i would even be more impressed if the dad was a real estate agent and the mother was an architect even like you know what i'm saying like i was just like good lord have five more minutes of discipline guys just to however you would almost try to give them i'm just like thinking about something here as i'm talking happens um you would you would give them a pass if 
it was not germane to the plot whatsoever. But there are two plot points in this movie that's not aliens that are dependent on the fact that their mother is a real estate agent and their father is an out-of-work architect looking for work. I mean, these are plot points. Like, they're not they're just like, oh, generic. D- Dad's going to work and he's wearing a suit and he's eating one bite of a massive breakfast and he's running out the door. So I'm just like, yeah, businessman. I don't know. It's just like architect, architect, whatever, probably something. It's not like she's walking around in a suit with like huge shoulder pads. And I'm like, "Mm, real estate agent, designer, whatever the fucking, you know, they could literally do anything. Yeah. Except that she does have access to these houses, which again is a really weird, uh, not weird plot point, but it's weird how often it comes up. Because we were talking about it as we were going. That should probably give you... um, Listen, I do like this movie. I'll put it on Front Street. But what I like is the last half an hour to 45 minutes of this movie. The first bit of the movie is a bit of a tough sit for me. And that's only because... And listen, I understand that that horror movies, there are lots of uh, repetitive tropes. And sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. This time, they don't work for me. I, I, I'm just waiting for them to get to the things that I want them to get to. This was a movie that was on in the background. I put it on and being like, oh, what is this garbage? And then when the bird scene happens is where I started paying attention. Exactly. But not even 100% attention when the first time I watched it. There are glimmers of, of uh, innovation here. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, uh, and the reason why you need uh, J.K. Simmons in this movie is because uh, they're going to introduce some things to uh, alien abduction that is unique to this film. Mm-hmm. This, this, uh, their methodology, what they're doing, um, makes them far more of a sinister force while also adhering to a lot of the sort of experimental medical things that most people assume that aliens are are doing i would always wonder about that and i don't know if you've ever thought about it but i would think about they're experimenting us they're trying to like learn about us trying to figure us out for whatever and i'm like are they though like how long do you need to 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 study one race before you got it you know what i mean like like especially with like unless they're harvesting for a reason and that's what i've always been inclined to believe if i'm going to believe this Mm -hmm. is that it can't just be experimenting poking and prodding i mean i guess they mentioned the lab rats in this, but yeah. how, what would a lab rat think of us? Haven't True. we learned enough about lab rats? It's not yeah. about the lab rats at all. So it can't be about us as a species. That's true. I, I, w- I guess you could just argue that our physiology has to be at least on some level similar in that in so much as that rats are mammals, we're mammals. So we can, we kind of, you know, there are some similarities between our physiology. So maybe if you can cure cancer in rats, you're closer to curing it in humans as well. But um, it would have to be that because it can't just be like, what is, what is this human being like? Because I was like, even if you were, let's say conservatively, humans have only been being abducted since the 1960s. I mean, Jesus Christ, like how long do you, like how long would an advanced race really need to poke and prod at our squishy carbon-based Bodies. Maybe they're all done with dolphins. Who knows? <laughs> That's a good point. Do you think that aliens would abduct other things from Earth? Not well, just they humans? must. Like Chupacabra is, has been explained away as an alien abduction phenomena. My brother-in-law has a Chupacabra story. It's more like a third-hand story, but he 
remembered a guy who uh, it's my brother-in-law's from uh, Puerto Rico, um, and they had all kinds of fucking chupacabra sightings. I used to since I was like a weird crypto kid, I used to talk to him about like about all kinds of shit. Like when I first met him, about like you know Puerto Rico being part of the Bermuda Triangle and and then Chupacabra and all that kind of shit. Like I was like I was like I'll reach this guy through cryptid facts. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it worked. <laughs> I was 13. You guys ruin Christmas every year. I'm sure. <laughs> Fucking headless cow stories. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, Dark Skies on a whim. It was on Netflix. Same here. And. And I w- it was one of those things where sometimes I need to bust out of my comfort zone here, people. Sometimes I need to watch things that I don't normally watch. I have a fucking awful habit. My awful habit is I watch things over and over again. So you think I'm tired of watching Evil Dead again? I'm not. I'd like, and, and I've been like that my whole life. I fucking love to watch movies over and over and over again. I don't know why. I'm the same thing with like, I read the same comic books over and over again. I read the same like regular books. I play the same video games over and over again. I could have a stack of 10 brand new video games. I will still fucking play a video game that I've beaten eight times. I don't know why. Um, and so I really have to. That's crazy, says the girl who's still playing Diablo 3. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy. No, um, but but I, I, I guess my point is, is I have to make. A, 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 an effort to I was like I am watching this yeah um, and 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 so like that was what that was and when I got Netflix a couple of years ago I was making sure that I was going through the horror movies even if they didn't really seem all that interesting I'd be like this might be good I don't know and so I watched Dark Skies because I, I um uh, Carrie Russell was in it and I liked Carrie Russell she's a human. Whose name I recognize. <laughs> she is a human. Uh, I used to watch Felicity when I was a wee lad. And then, um, you know, she's been in movies that I've liked. So, yeah, Carrie Russell. All right. And they do this all the time. They, they Like Blumhouse especially, they'll, they'll take a recognizable actor and plop them in the lead role. Usually people that do more dramatic stuff. And they're like, hey, look, Ethan Hawke's in a horror movie. Whatever. Uh-huh. Like, So that's what they do. So I watched this. And I, I like you. It didn't really have my full attention. Well, the first half hour, at least, you're just like, I cannot relate to these people. They are paper mache humans. Paper mache humans. And and I I suppose when you get two parts in a script, uh, writer Wes is going to talk talk for a second. When it is glaringly obvious what a writer cares about and doesn't care about in a script, it you start to see the seams. You start to hear the pitch meetings. You start to hear what they're interested in. Because like I said, when, when they're interested in the things that they're interested in, which is aliens and spooks, then the movie's great. It's fine. But when they're, when they, they like, well, we, these characters need to be characters and they feel an overwhelming pressure to flesh them out and make them, we need to care about these characters and living, breathing, but they don't really want to do that. So they just, it's just a, it's a, it's a fucking paint by numbers thing. And, and, yeah. and I just, you lose me. I would rather you not develop these characters whatsoever than give me the same 10 fucking things that I've seen a million times in every other fucking movie that's just like this. You already have something in your quiver. It's about fucking aliens and not ghosts. 
So lean into that. It's about aliens and not ghosts. It's not about uh, what people think of you uh, down up and down the block. It's really not. Yeah. It's not about... You know, the the really building everything about the personality of this little tiny kid who really doesn't really have any personality. Mm-hmm. And it, that's very aggravating because he has so much screen time. And I understand why they feel the need to, but it's not necessary. Especially when it's really only serves one purpose to go, ah, ha, at the end of the movie, yeah. which is not get a better kid actor. There's better kid actors than that. No, get it. He's a, he would be... Well, I, I'm choking on saying he's a good kid actor. Okay. Because very well, he's not smart. the kid in the Babadook, yeah. so it's not that well, bad. <laughs> but they could have like just snipped out 15 minutes from this beginning, bring us to the birds. Where was the point where you sat up on the edge of your seat and went, "Okay, I'm watching. I'm interested now." I would. The birds is yeah, a fair birds, is a fair thing. Right. I will say what the 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 geometric signs and the ceiling caught my eye. Like I was like, this is very interesting. I I dig because like the the the, the fridge gone through. I was like, yeah, it could be like black eyed children ghost or back to that. Could be a mangy dog. Could be a mangy dog. Could be anything. And not only that, but I feel like I've seen a scene very similar to this. Yeah. Now this like. Like like an engineering an engineer's wet dream stacking of like salt boxes and glasses and just things seeming impossible yeah. uh, with the geometric shapes that's new that's almost like that that's even like more unique than like a crop circle like no we've seen like chairs stacked up in a couple films like that's a well, thing poltergeist poltergeist stack things that's what they do so that and then we're we're leaning towards that but of course i'm also thinking you know they could squarely blame the child especially if either of these kids are on the spectrum because oh. this is a something that they tend to do yeah. um and their dad's an architect, like I said before. So this could yeah. be something that the, the kids could do. Or if there is a ghost that is trying to impress the kids, then Maybe. it would do something like this. Mm-hmm. But the only person privy to it is the mom, which is neat. But um, yeah, that is interesting. Things that could be kept in my big massacre of the first half hour of this film. True. Mm-hmm. and But like I agree with you. Once it gets to the birds... Which, again, this could be still ghosts. <laughs> like, oh, come on. I don't think ghosts are a bird magnet. Well, I would say that you could easily say alien radio interference, which is causing the flocks to converge on each other. You could also just say Satan energy. Satan energy? Okay. Evil evil vibes, like in the mouth of madness type stuff. Convincing the birds to commit suicide. Something like that. Something disturbingly wrong. Like there was that um, like 10 Plagues movie that came out like a couple of years ago with Hilary Swank, which name is escaping me right now. But um, something like that. Like you, We've seen um, nature run amok from evil yeah. um, forces before. That's what happens when a hell mouth opens. Exactly. All the birds fly into it. That could be exactly. it. Yeah, okay, but, this it. Se- but this scene is really cool, though. I dig this scene a lot. And so we can just start right there because we have Carrie Russell here entering this room and then, boom, bird hits. And then it's like this house is getting pelted by hundreds of these fucking things. Mm-hmm. And it's filmed very well. This is where actually the filmmaking takes a turn from the mediocre. And again, this was probably something that they cared about. They're like, this is a set piece. Things are, this is not animals or burglars 
and the geometric shape thing. All right, your kids on the spectrum, something I don't know. It's weird, is but I don't know. Like, like there might be a weird explanation. They've already had a few instances that make their their neighbors look at them strangely. Their youngest boy had a little bit of a, a stun moment in the playground and yeah. wet his pants and then screamed uncontrollably, staring at nothing while screaming. For a few minutes, so everyone noticed that, and that words got around. There's something wrong. Shifty that's happening. Eyes. Yeah, because they were already talking about maybe he needs a psychiatrist, and that got around. Oh yeah, like psychiatrists and other people, like psychiatrist. Like what decade are we living in? I know, right? You'd think that this was like 2003, not. And and also, like it's hard to say. Yeah, to, yeah, you're right. Um, but it's hard to say what station this family occupies because. I mean, if they were, they seem to be on a decline. They seem to have, like, again, one of these, like, impossible cavernous houses that's in a lot of haunted uh, haunted films. But, um, I mean, they are on a financial decline. And so that looks like they're on the cusp of losing their station. And so at the same time that all this is happening, where it's all very waspy, hushed tones. Are you telling people that we have money problems? The the dad in this movie can get a fucking life, by the way. Like, Like, I... There is, there's being stubborn and being a non-believer, and then there's just like obstinance where you're just like, nope, 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 nope. Makes no fucking sense. Like how hard he pushes back on his wife and his children. Where I was like, okay, hang on a second, pal. You think that you think that with no history of your children ever behaving this way and no history of your wife behaving this way that all of a sudden everyone's behaving this way and it is not something they're all delusional all of them all of them are delusional the only thing that would have made the writing of his character a little bit better is if he would have snapped on them all of a sudden at one point and said you're all just doing this because i'm finally making something of myself you're you're i get this job and you guys all fucking turn on me and that would have been just golden because it would have been like you really are crazy aren't you yeah and 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 again like this is a dude that has demonstrated that he's got uh, anger issues like he lost his temper when a job interview didn't go well then he lied to his wife and then when she called him on lying to his wife he got angry and defensive even though she was just like calling him out on his shit and then you know he's he genuinely believes that at some point his six-year-old fucking son five whatever took what seems to be 150 photographs out of their frame and left all the frames exactly where they were and then somehow what what ate the photos like yeah, what's the coolest like, prank ever do, like what child do you think has the fucking patience to do that or the stealth because that's not uh that it, it would take a long time and it would be noisy and they're already sort of you know, waking up to every bump in the night at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he's drugging them, but it's not the kid. But you know what? The only thing that looks better on this guy than standing out in his front yard while the EPA picks up the 900 dead birds from his front yard while all the later neighbors are standing agog, um, is standing outside at three in the morning in his pajamas with blood pouring down his nose and not knowing how he got there. <laughs> he deserved that. He definitely deserved it. I like that scene a lot, actually. It's, like, genuinely uh, creepy. If I actually had any uh, sympathy for this guy, I'd feel pretty bad for him. This is where, because he's trying, you know, in his way, protecting his family. He is, whether he believes him or not, or whether he understands what's going on in his house or not, he does 
uh, beef up the security system in the house. He, he definitely does. He acknowledges something is going on. And I do like the camera footage. I do like the idea of, like, because one of the things about this guy is he is just, he's unemployed dad. He's, like, 10 o'clock shadow, wearing his pajama pants all the time, like, just through the loom t-shirt at all times. He's that dad, scruffy hair. Like, he always kind of looks like he just rolled out of bed. So yeah. he looks like, even though we've never seen him take a, a drink of alcohol in the entire movie, he looks like if this was, like, a fucking... My par- my dad's a drunk and my parents fight all the time and they're getting a divorce lifetime movie. Like yeah. that's that's what this fucking comes off. Up as. until the point that he's got these night vision cameras set up in the house, he really had nothing to do and didn't really want to hear much about this. He just wanted to stop. Very interesting. I will say that at that point, he could. This movie really could have been the busy wife that's at work all the time because she's actually the breadwinner. And this is stay-at-home dad losing his shit. I would find that actually kind of interesting because, again, it's it's still, even, even with a dad that's home all the time, the focus is still on Carrie Russell like she's a, a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I was like, she's literally the only one in this movie with a job. Yeah, she is, even though she's home a lot. So that being a real estate agent works. It also works for the other, the one plot point where her job is important. They have another son we haven't really talked about, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got his Justin Bieber haircut, and uh-huh. he is just, you know, what he, you know what this is really? It's like a coming of age thing because he's exploring the world. He's watched some porn. He's got a god awful fucking older teen boyfriend that just calls him dog and uh, talks about all the girls he gets with. And questionable. Yeah. yeah. And and now all of a sudden he's using this show house or you know, whatever house for viewings, um to smoke weed and touch boobies. Touch boobies. But at least the girl that he touches the boobies of freaks out on him, but then understands he's just a hormonal thirteen year old boy that, like her. <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So yeah. teaches him how to kiss. Weird. Why are we spending time doing this? I think the only time that this scene pays off is towards the end because there's a sequence that I like that happens towards the end, but it's really just because I like the setting. I like, I thought that that was very paint by numbers. I'm quite the opposite. Oh, where I fair. get it. I get why they did this and I get what it feeds later, but I found it triply paint by numbers which is really the best way that that could be described so thank you for that like no really it it does really little except kill time unfortunately but i guess there's a thousand other ways to explain to us that this is and spoiler alert that it is sort of or no it's not a red herring like i can't think of a term for this he's being set up as if he's a red herring but he turns out to not be um he's supposed to be like 13 year old hormonal just like Regan, it's definitely something to do with him or the aliens are attracted to him or the mm-hmm. ghosts, if it were ghosts, are attracted to him because he's got all these conflicting emotions and stuff going on. Although he's a total rock because his younger brother is the one being like, is dad going to leave us? And he's like, no, Kevin's fine. Yeah. Go to sleep. The, the, and, and, and again, it, the only time um, that this film, you realize that they're up to something different. Well, I mean, I, I read the description when I watched it on YouTube, so I knew what, what was up. Um, but at the same time, when I was watching this film, I did notice, all right, it's not just 
it's in a typical haunting film the the formula generally is uh, you have a family unit the family unit is usually in, in turmoil so they're not on the same page anyways so that explains a way that anytime something if this was like a loving if this was like you and Chris were pretty much the most in love couple I've ever seen in my life um, if, if Chris said something to you about something that was concerned your first reaction would not be well he's obviously insane <laughs> your, your, your first right. reaction would be I'm believing what my partner is saying so let's figure this out so they always or have, on the other hand also tell me more tell me more like yeah. let's figure this out together when people are on the cusp of a divorce when people are having money issues when people are in other way uh, there's an illness when they have a 13 year old child in it, the exactly house. there's or so it's either a very young child who just says like that damn man and and I was like oh okay someone get the peanut butter out of this kid's mouth and also I guess he's just imagining things um, whatever. There's always excuses to explain away things initially. And to explain away the lack of communication. Exactly. And then you have the other point is you need most of the family, one of the family unit away all the time. So one of the the, par- the par- parents are going to be out of the fucking house or like an aunt or however the fucking thing is set up. So you have one person alone experiencing most of the most horrific things by themselves. So they seem crazy. And... That is where this film deviates because everyone is having bizarre experiences. It is not focused only on Carrie Russell, which if this was a typical haunting movie, it would be. The dad is scratching his ear like a fucking mangy dog. The The kids are pissing themselves. They're having, uh, they're missing time. They're missing the, time. And the, the mother has um, another thing that has to do with her being a real estate agent. All those could have happened at really any job. Uh, she's in the middle of talking to this couple and selling them a house. And it happens to be one of the guys from Hell House LLC and both of them. Um, really cool actor whose name eludes me entirely. But she's like mid-conversation, starts kind of twitching. And her eyes are just like focused outside the patio. And she walks between them soundlessly toward the patio window and starts banging her head against the glass just monotonously, robotically. It's actually really very good acting out of Carrie Russell for this because I got very unsettled watching that. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So they're all having these things, but unlike most of these films, this one also is different in that this is the point where the family starts to come together Mm. instead of being driven even further apart, which Mm. most of these films, like if it was a haunting film, that's what would inevitably happen. Because she finally does, well, if you've had this happen to you, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. Takes her a bit, but she does actually communicate mm-hmm. to him what happened. There is a lack of trust between most of the people in the family. Not only do the is there a general sense that we hide things from people, our neighbors, our friends, because it's embarrassing. So, for example, our financial situation, let's cut back on security. Let's think about cutting the cable. I'm going to just very quietly go to these job interviews let's not put them in therapy because you know people are it's all about appearances i can understand that i i definitely come from a family where certain members are very concerned about that type of thing so it's not alien to me whatsoever but um (laughs) you're punny (laughs) but uh, uh what i will say is the most frustrating thing is when they're really in the thick of it when they're really you know, you know, Carrie Russell, she's missing six hours of her fucking life. 
And it, it's almost as if she has this moment where her husband's like, I got the job and they're really happy and shit like that. And she's like, Oh, don't worry about it. Like this, this, this hiding of information because they don't want to like spoil this person's mood. I'm like, <laughs> listen, if anything, this is the perfect time to tell them because it will lessen the blow. Yeah. But, but I mean, despite all of that, I had a serious question for you because Carrie Russell is doing her research, her, her Apple product placement research and finds out through the internet. And I love that. It's like, you know, you never see her on like Google really or anything like that, but through the internet and reading about other people's cases, she leans towards aliens. What is more scary to you? Aliens or ghosts? You had posed this, and I wrote it down immediately so I could think clearly about it. It took me a few minutes. But I'd have to say, and not just in the world of this movie either, uh, just in general, that aliens are more scary. But originally, it's like, what what is more believable, too, right? Like, especially in the context of this story. What is more believable? And I'd have to say aliens still as well. Ghosts aren't really scary because I've encountered what people would consider ghosts. I've encountered ghosts. I've heard lots of ghost stories. I've spoke with ghost experts. And uh, that's not really scary. Uh, Sometimes ghosts can be incredibly comforting. But aliens... Yeah, I don't know. They could actually explain away a lot of what we consider ghost-like phenomena, too, if they existed. And that's even more terrifying, because mm. they can masquerade as other unexplained phenomena. But, yeah, and the fact that we have such a limited space travel and consider ourselves so very advanced, for somebody to just zip around without a care and experiment on us, that automatically means that they're ten times more intelligent, therefore capable of 10 times more destruction or you know just funny tricks and shenanigans alien shenanigans so yeah no it's terrifying they're way more scary than ghosts i agree with you i think that you really hit the nail on the head just describing uh the 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 technological the understanding of the universe ghosts as you said can really hurt us there are violent types of spirits that supposedly exist. I mean, you know, there's entire movies about Onryu and ghosts that can kill. But They're mostly humans or were humans, so we can relate to that. We can relate to them. The only the only mystifying thing about ghosts, truly, is that if you were to believe in ghosts, then you are also presupposing that the afterlife exists, which is a heady concept. Uh, that I think a lot of people take for granted because mm-hmm. it, I was like, so wait, like you're really talking about like another plane of existence that happens when our bodies cease to function. It's fucking weird uh, to think that way, but it's also terrifying to think of nothingness. Well, a lot of people think of, uh, they think that they don't think about that. Yeah. They've been told that they think that exactly. Um, but for the most part, and especially uh, with a lot of the ghosts stories that we watch in horror, that are ghosts specifically and not demons. Um, they are reliving trauma. They are um, trying to get a message to you beyond the grave. They're very pitiful creatures, really, if mm-hmm. you think about it. Uh, they're things that you inevitably, especially in movies like what Blumhouse makes, they are things that you, in one way, shape, or form, are trying to help. 
yeah. to end your suffering. And really, it's just very inconvenient and it's scary because it is scary. But aliens, you're talking about like things that, you know, scientists tell us is mathematically irresponsible not to believe in because of the vastness of space. But the thing that is difficult to believe in, and this is where um, Fermi's paradox comes in. Fermi's paradox talks about the fact that mathematically it's impossible that aliens don't exist, but where are they if they do? Where, why is there no sign of them anywhere? Um, if advanced technology and aliens really do exist. Um, and, and so that brings us to the question of, Yes, if they can traverse, if they can travel at the speed of light, they already have us over a fucking barrel. We Not my dad saw them do it. Um, and if and that means that their technology is beyond our comprehension. What they want is beyond our comprehension, and doors won't stop them, security won't stop them, windows won't stop them. It, it we are chittering monkeys waving sticks and fire at them. And that's the best we fucking got. And they can just do whatever they want because they, like I said, are beyond us. Absolutely incomprehensible beings. Yes. So, I agree. Aliens are more scary. Yeah. Not done as much, though. What, like, why do you think that is? It's hard to do them. It's hard to do them without coming across as childish. Or, you know, we've only, we only have like a limited pool of resources as far as our knowledge of the greys. You know, and I'm glad that they clinch on the greys. And I'm glad that Fire in the Sky clinched on the greys. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what he saw. So I'm not, dis- I'm not saying it's a fictional thing that he clinched on the greys. It wasn't like it was written into the script. That's yeah. how he described what he saw. Uh, here it's it's a fictional story, so it was written into the script. But we cling on to that description of the greys because it's all we've got, right? Mm-hmm. So it does seem really derivative. You can't tell any fucking story that involves the greys. It's really nice to put a twist on it, like a Travis's story where that's their spacesuits. This one where the greys are all that exists and they are the cosmic doctors but they go about it in a very strange way they don't just come down like in communion mm-hmm. and and scoop you up uh, mm-hmm. without a word they have like a lifelong relationship with the person which is really really triply creepy actually yeah but I, I we we just have this limited pool, and it does seem derivative. It does seem like what else do you build around those stories? And you said yourself, a lot of these people that are in alien abduction cases come across as a little bit cuckoo. Yeah, absolutely. Why do they focus on trailer parks? Why? I don't want to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah. They should, like, what if it was like a hillbilly horror where the, the family of cannibals gets invaded by aliens, but all the aliens didn't know the crazy people that they were up against. Perhaps our inhumanity is the only thing that can save humanity. I just fucking pitched a movie. Yep, you did. You totally did. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, they just all come across as really derivative. We can't be very, um, you know, maybe we can't be very experimental when it comes to alien Things because we do have so many experts or so-called experts mm-hmm. or armchair experts or people who have been abducted themselves that would come out of the woodwork immediately to tell you, no, that's not how it happens and tear mm-hmm. your movie a new one. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just, um, uh, to me, I always just kind of think about facts that maybe it's just because I like 
alien abduction movies. I think that when you're focusing on uh, things like, you know, M. Night Shyamalan did Signs, and I thought that was a very creative way to do an alien invasion movie. You know, it gets weird and metaphysical in some parts, but the initial contact that this family in this isolated farmhouse has with these creatures is fucking great. And that scene in Signs with, like, the baby monitor, fucking baby monitors play a thing in these movies, um, is genuinely creepy to me. Um, so, and, and, and this film has genuinely creepy concepts where, you know, you say aliens and I'm just paying attention a little bit more. I love ghosts. Ghost stories always have been the type of horror movie that genuinely scares me the most. And I don't know why, because I don't really believe in ghosts, but, um, but for some reason, those are the types of films that carry the tropes that really make me creepy. And, you know, when my irrational brain is the, the, the fear synapses are firing off, I always think about like ghosts and stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of people. Oh, no, you want it to be a ghost and yeah. to a certain point in this film. And that's really where, where the birds come in and mm. just their, their physiological reactions later on and the whole pissing and the yeah. bleeding and poor Jesse out in the woods. He's getting chased around by his horrible friend who we'll call Ratface because everyone else does. Um, who's shooting at him with a pellet gun, or I don't think it's yeah, a foam like, gun. Why do you hang something. out with this fucking what kid? What a horrible child. But he's chasing him through the forest, and all of a sudden, Jesse has a scene very familiar to us in alien abduction yeah. stories, and specifically Fire in the Sky, the whole enraptured, bathed in light, eyes rolling back, staring up at the sky, mouth agape, completely mind-wiped. Yeah. He has, like, this moment where it looks like he's about to get pulled up into the sky yeah which would be really fucking cool mm-hmm. but again like as these traumas are happening to these and you know the, the crazy thing is, is is there is also a really creep factor to with with ghosts it's like all right they're like making themselves known to you and that is scary and sometimes they'll throw shit at you and they're watching you isn't that fucking creepy isn't it creepy the idea that something dead is watching you I got something else for you. What if they're fucking doing medical experiments on you and and you are literally being taken? You have no fucking recollection that this is happening. The only thing that you have left is signs. You have implants in your fucking body. If you have no control over your motor functions at any time, at any time. You are no longer in control of your body. That is scary. That's that is scary. fucked up. And it's medical. You know what I mean? Like, And we can... We can conceptualize that because with ghosts and possessions, it's like, how are they doing that? Do they just wear me like a mech? Like, I don't get it. But like with. <laughs> That's awesome. I could picture this little tiny ghost in my brain, like steering me around. That's what I think it is. It's like, you know, like I'm, I'm possessed like that kid from Sinister. It's just a bunch of fucking ghosts in his head. Like he's the Megazord in Power Rangers. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Exactly but like, but with, but with aliens, it's like when someone says like they're doing lab experiments on you. We have real-world reference for what a lab experiment is. Yes. When you say, there's an implant in me, I know what that means. Which suddenly makes me want to go watch Plague Dogs or The Rats of Nim. But anyway, uh, speaking of being taken away, back to reality. Enough of your ghosts and alien talk. Child Protective Services are coming to collect Holy these fuck. two children. This is the most lifetime part of that whole fucking movie. But it's mentioned in two scenes. So you'd say it's almost like they want their kids to be taken away. <laughs> Just let them slip away. The dad seems like he wants his kids to get taken away. He won't fucking listen to his wife for a minute. And and, and I guess, like, 
I guess on on the one hand, I understand somebody coming to you and saying, I think we're being abducted systematically by aliens. I all right. I understand. And, and even knowing what you know and thinking what you think, that does sound a little crazy. Yes. And and we don't have they don't have the benefit of knowing that they're in a movie called Dark Skies about being abducted by aliens. Yeah. So I mean I can't always fault characters in movies for not doing what I would knew do with the knowledge that I possess, which is it's an alien abduction movie. But um it's just so fucking frustrating. And I don't like this guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't that doesn't I, help. I don't like this fucking dude at all. I don't like his reaction to anything. I it's not until and, and again, I feel like he deserves it. Um <laughs> The mother has been doing all sorts of research, and she has surmised that this is aliens. She took that extra step, and I love that she didn't turn to the church like so many people would have in the 90s and beyond, or before. Um, Now that we're in the great beyond, where people are a little more secular, she finds a fucking UFO expert, probably a MUFON agent. Who knows? Yeah. She finds somebody in town and finally does convince him. To come and, and talk to this guy who's played by J.K. Simmons. This is Edwin Pollard. And they go and have a conversation with him about what has been going on. Because he's finally, you know, he doesn't necessarily believe what's going on. But he'll entertain his wife at the very least. Because it is coming down to everyone is looking at them. Things are going really crazy. Things he can't explain. His cameras at night are going cuckoo. And he is seeing like strange apparitions so to speak in in these cameras and stills and his sons one of them has unbelievable bruising all along his rib cages and along his back like uh fingertips like a hundred bruised fingertips Mm -hmm. on his body it's fucking brutal it is brutal it's a very creepy looking they're very horrible um really livid uh, bruises on this child's Mm -hmm. body the other one has these designs almost like the same design that the mother had saw reflected on the ceiling which she's also seen on the internet as a sign that you've been marked for visitation from aliens yeah he has them on his body and the of course the medical professionals are like they look like they've been branded and it doesn't look like he's done them what are you doing to your son yeah which is how the whole child protective services thing happens but he's finally not that he's at his wits end he's just entertaining her by saying, yes, yes, let's go see this alien expert. Yeah, and it really is that. You, you're you absolutely 100% right. He's doing this partially because he's on the cusp of ready to believe, maybe. But I definitely feel like it's really more what you're saying. I'm doing this to shut her up. Yeah. Like, I'm doing this because, like, what we're, what's going to happen? We're going to go talk to this guy. He's going to be crazy. He's not going to know what he's talking about. And we're going to put this alien business to bed. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, he didn't prepare. He didn't know. I think that even one little thing in Edwin Pollard's apartment would have set him off, and the viewer as well, uh, a Guns and Ammo magazine. You'd have been like, oh, yeah, he's shell-shocked. We're out of here. This guy's a kook. Yeah. Or, you know, if he would have been a little more poindexter it would have been like, okay, he's, you know, a crypto kid that grew up. <laughs> yeah, grew up and, like, you know, never shaved his beard. And he's just covered in cat hair. And he just, like, jerks off to glossy JPEGs of Dana Scully. Like, yeah. That's that's what this kid guy's life is. Um, he doesn't even like the fact that this guy's got a bunch of cats. Mm-hmm. Um. Pollard's going to tell him that it's because dogs are really sensitive to alien presences. And 
when and he's marked himself and so he hasn't been able to get a good night's sleep he doesn't resist it anymore whatever they want he doesn't really know but he lives in a high-rise that doesn't allow dogs and he keeps cats um because cats don't are like i guess more aloof they don't really give a shit yeah um which is another reason why i love cats so much but um he starts going down this checklist. But before he does, I just want to mention, because this totally reminded me of me. He hands him a book, and when he talks about the greys, and they're like, the greys. It's almost like, I was like, really? Like, have you not lived on planet Earth? I'm like, you're both of the same age. Like, you would have been young in the 90s. Like, are you telling You'd me? You'd think, but she was also kind of, um, I, I, like, totally mind-blown that we have an electromagnetic feel on Earth. So There's, there's like, some kind of, like, electromagnetic field birds these symbols mean something what no yeah uh it's makes me feel very intelligent sitting back and watching these two pieces together like sometimes like you wonder i was like are people really this dumb or are they just making sure that people aren't this dumb i don't know but at at any rate the husband uh, gets his eye roll in when he's handed a book that has a description of the grays the grays the insectoids the insectoids and the reptilians now the, the, I love uh, J.K. Simmons's line of like, you know, the greys, you know, definitely. But, you know, I think like the, it's like I think the other species are, you know, there's not a lot of credibility towards things like that. I had the exact same fucking thought when I was a kid. Any time that any documentary was talking about fucking visitors from another planet, when they were saying greys and things similar to the greys, I was like, uh-huh, yep, there's those greys. And then like, and some people like, here's a picture of someone that's like a reptile man. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I've always understood that there was the greys and the whites, which are taller and paler, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. about See, it. See, they, those ones, I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe. But then they're like, and there's a bug man. I'm like, ridiculous. This isn't... <laughs> This isn't He-Man. There's no insect man. Get out of here with that shit. Buzz off, even. But, um... (laughs) Punny. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But, no, he gets his big eye roll in, and then, um... Of course, Pollard is like, okay, no, no, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need the questionnaire. So he pulls out his clipboard, and he's got, like, a questionnaire about visitations, which is fairly standard, actually. And he starts off with, like, have you had glowing lights over your house? And that's eye roll worthy. Yeah, I know. We haven't had glowing lights over our house. Um, Then, like, a little more innocuous questions. Like, Like, do you have migraines? Any migraines? Like, no. And he has this attitude. Like, the first two questions, like, no, no. See, I told you. Yeah. Wasting our time here. Yeah. Have you heard ringing in your ears? Like, it's coming from inside your head? Well, all the time. All the time <laughs> yeah. Sure. Although the questions become a little more pointed to the point that they're, they stupidly say, how did you know all this? Like yeah. fucking. It's like, like the same reason why you're talking to him. Yeah. And the like, fact that he has this on a clipboard and it's a fairly standard form. Yeah. And he's approaching it with you like it's a standard form. Yeah. It's he like, may as well be a cop. Yeah. Or you're like filling out your fucking form at the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd lived out that reaction when the doctor would be like, and do you have any tenderness here? How did you know? Yeah. You know, that is just a, a ridiculous response. But anyway, like, I guess they're ridiculous people. They, That's they what are. I believed up until this point. They're just supposed to be like, we didn't know this world world existed. It's that. It's just yeah. like, I can't. It's believe. just kind of poorly executed. But it's fun to see this father get turned around entirely yeah when all of their problems are basically explained point by point mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's great. To this guy who had no previous knowledge about them, like no. they, they contacted him briefly, I would assume, asked if they could come see them. Um, I would almost, I would bet if they brought the kids with them, he would have like asked to see like the shapes on Jesse's body. And I bet you he would have been able to point out what eventually becomes like kind of the plot twist at the end. But like, mm-hmm. um, this is where J.K. Simmons is tasked the uh, enviable task of explaining the rules of this universe in vis-a-vis aliens. Yeah. Because there are some fundamental differences. They He establishes that the Greys have invaded Earth, and we don't know when. It wasn't... It wasn't a huge alien army. It wasn't a mothership. It wasn't destroying monuments. They have already invaded us. They're here. And they are very subversive about what they're doing. Seen that before. But this individual fixation on people, basically using this as a cachet of lab rats and following families for decades. Which elicits her question, which I really do love this point with her asking why us why are we what makes us so special and the answer is nothing and that's beautiful yeah i love that i would hate to i would hate it to be something like you know there's something special about there's something that those those aliens are interested in in one of you and you would think that like this is where they would like make or that it's a generational thing. Your mother, was she yeah. ever, you know, did you have any other missing people in your family? I was like, yes, yes, my my, my, my great uncle, he went missing. Like something like that. No, it's, it's, it is, it is, it's weather. It is, it is the tornado hit this house and not that house. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And there's billions of you crawling all over the world. It is completely irrelevant. They may as well have just taken the next family over. They don't care. You are a lab rat. And you're all the same. (laughs) Or it could even be something more fun, like minnows for fishing. Yeah, where does minnows? Yes. So yeah, and 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 again, like it's it's very um, it 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 speaks to people's fears of random acts being struck against them. Particularly, you know, we've talked about this before about you know what horror likes to to poke at you know culturally. And these days, it's like. What's in the news all the time? What are we afraid of? We're afraid of random acts of violence um, being brought upon our person, our innocent family, our, our, our breeder sheep families. Mm-hmm. We're afraid that someone's going to shoot it up. We're afraid that someone's going to break in. We're afraid that another country is going to bomb us. We're afraid, we're afraid, we're afraid. So that's what this is. This is just an invading force. It's picked you for no fucking reason. And there's really not a whole hell of a lot you can do Kind of. Yeah. If you really fight tooth and nail to keep your family together, the aliens might just go away. It's sort of like, you know, and he sort of positions it very similarly to, um, you know, women shouldn't walk uh, with their heads down or headphones on at night because that's just inviting violence. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you should have your hair short or tied back or something so it's not like easily to put over your face or to grab onto and it can't be used a weapon against you 
Um, there's all sorts of steps that not just deter, deter rapists from raping women at night or like conducting any whatever violence they want. At least it'll make them go on to the next person. And that's what the key is for here, this alien. If you want to keep your family together, you want to keep everyone safe, just make it really hard for them, which is the basic message for women that are trying to, you know, deflect violence brought against them out in the world. Uh, make it really hard for them to do. Don't make it convenient for them to do. And then they'll move on to the next person. Yeah. And, you know, you know, tough luck for them, I guess. guess so. But that, in the way that they set everything up, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Because if they were chosen for no particular reason, and there's nothing special about your family. And there's nothing you can really do to stop them if you didn't do anything to attract them. Then, yeah, this makes perfect sense. They may as well just go to another uh, family. Or they may as well just set their son on a big silver platter in the front yard and step back and just let it happen. Goodbye, Mr. Moon Man. (laughs) Or something. Like, that's what I envision. Them just being like, okay, you know, I thought that would be the big twist is just like, we're going to just put him up on the roof, kick the ladder down and say, sorry. I do like this this gearing up. I like that they get a mean, nasty dog. I like that they shotgun. Shotgun. They, they you I know said it in my shotgun voice. Yeah, I, I listen. I know. Yeah, I know your shotgun voice. I've known you long enough. Um, but I, uh, you know, you get some plywood. I think that there's um, the question that I would have if I were present. I'd be like, so how sustainable do you think all of this is? Or where did you get the money for the shotgun and the camera system and the plywood and the dog? Credit. Oh, okay. Against these hyper-intelligent beings that have way more technological advantage than you could ever fucking dream of, and you've got plywood, a shotgun, and a dog. Not a bad... Like, it's... Again, like, this just goes to show you, like, it's the best we got, I guess? Listen, these fucking things... May as well. I would never say something so, like, mystical as they probably can just phase through walls. But they probably can just fucking phase through walls. Instead, they decide, you know, we're not going to just phase the wall because we can. Because we do. But what we're going to do is unscrew all those little screws that you meticulously bolted in to try and keep us out with your little plywoods. And we'll just unscrew them from the outside with our minds. With our minds or with technology. Like, it's it's metal. If it could just be, like, magnets that they're doing this all with. Like, it doesn't... It, like, what the point is, is you are not equipped to deal with these things in the same way that, you know, you can't really... Um, you know, the, the only way that you can fight a ghost in haunting films generally is to figure out its past. That is the key to defeating most uh, specters. With aliens? I don't know. Like, you could try to shoot them in the mush, I guess, but, like, I don't think that, like, I don't think that, like, I think that they can make themselves intangible. No, and I think that it goes uh, to show a lot of the time, even though that we get into a little, like, a fictional sequence, a fiction in fiction here, but um, 
In real life, there's a very good chance that your weapon would be used against you. So if you're pulling a gun or a knife, it very well could be used against you by the perpetrator. And I would think that that goes triple for aliens. I wouldn't want to pull a shotgun on an alien. I think I'd probably just give up and just, you know, put the kid on the roof or just be like, here, take me, experiment away. Guess this is it for me. Adios, Earth. Yeah. I, I can understand this idea about wanting to protect your children, but I mean, like, at this point, I definitely feel like, especially since, you know, I'd seen this movie already, you know, watching the movie just today, I was, I was just like, I feel like they're going through the motions to feel like they've done everything that they can. Yeah. But I mean, it's really kind of a crapshoot. And I don't think that even uh, J.K. Simmons's character tells them, he's like, in rare cases, this has worked in the past Mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes they bring the person back but i mean like in fire in the sky like in fire in the sky but again it kind of comes down to what do they want specifically the what do they specifically want this kid for we don't know you don't know and 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 like even it's like you don't know what these things really look like. You don't know what their fucking ship is. You don't know what their technology is. You don't know what they want. You don't know what they can do. You're just fucking, I like, again, it's, it's like those, um, those drills, those duck and cover drills for fucking nuclear war. Nothing, nothing. You're, you're, you are going to liquefy under your fucking desk. Well, what it does is something equally important as saving you is stopping mass panic. So no one has to deal with your screaming. Yes. You're right. It it does. It does give you something to do. Yeah. Um, To duck and cover. To duck and cover. And that's what this is. It's just duck and cover because let me tell you something, even before these aliens knock down this plywood, um, they're already in the house they're already in the house they're already in the house and we do at least get the payoff of the lights coming in every edge of the house and it's like ah there's a ship over us i do i kind of like that it's funny also like i'm pretty sure it's like fucking like 5 30 in the in the evening like and they're in a busy neighborhood like i don't know where this ship is or what's happening no fireworks were going off so it's got to be an hour after dusk True. And also, though, like, it's important to note that um, these things have, in the past, been able to completely shut down your physiology. Mm-hmm. You lose not only control of your fucking mind, but all bodily functions. You just, like, they made that one kid release his bladder. Carrie Russell lost six hours of her fucking life. So did the fucking daddy boy over there. He fucking, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. These aliens, if they wanted to, could have just turned on all their fucking implants and they just would have just went brain dead. Yeah, like, <laughs> no dog or gun will make a difference. Yeah, and by the way, it doesn't really. Now, here's the, 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 the crux of the whole thing. There is, they're making preparations to take someone. That is what this really is. This specific type of uh, alien contact, we'll call it, of the, fo- of the fourth kind. Eventually, it's the third kind still, but it'll eventually be the fourth kind, Um, which means like third kind is like you are in the presence of an alien being fourth kind is taken. But um, when when you uh, when they find out what's going to happen, one of the people from the family is going to be taken. The first person to ever have contact with who did the aliens reveal themselves to first? Well, fucking little numbnuts over there. 
They figured it was Sammy because he drew pictures of him and like three things that were obviously grays, much like other children had drawn children that had gone missing. Children had gone missing and... It seems like the youngest boy is what they're supposed to do. And so they're essentially just rallying around this kid. They will not take this boy. Well, he's been whining about the Sandman since the beginning of the film. Uh, whining. I, I, I cannot stand this child. And He's very annoying. Just too much screen time. I'd probably I'd be totally fine with his but role this, and everything if there was just a lot less screen time. But this is the red herring. He is yeah. the red herring. He is. The, they give this kid all this fucking screen time so they can go, aha. Gotcha. At the end of the movie. Yeah. Now, there are things laid out throughout the script, which I'm I'm like, at least these serve a function because they're also some of the most boring scenes in the fucking movie where they're talking about uh, Jesse being sick as a wee lad. Yeah. Who cares? Everyone's kids are sick these days. I mean, keep them so cloistered that they're allergic to everything in the goddamn world. I'm used to this. So it it doesn't hold any interest to me. Yeah. What's so fucking ever. They're very dull scenes. They are very, very dull scenes. And it doesn't mean a hell of a lot. Um, until the end, of course, and then you sort of give them those points back. I'm like, all right, I see what you were trying to do. It's not as eloquent as a movie like Signs, but at the same time, uh, you know, you're dealing with, you know, not as deft hands, I'll say, nicely. It makes it even more terrifying, though, in that these aliens have been visiting them, and it's only now that they've noticed. Right, and and... Really, in the sense that they were they were um, they were prepping for all these years. This he, this kid was marked for something, probably waiting until he was of a certain age for whatever fucking reason. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Like I'm just guessing. And there could have been all kinds of other signs that they just never fucking noticed, despite the uh, like uh, like despite the fact that the kid had these weird allergies and and, and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. That's one red flag, but you're wondering like how like how much other missing time do these people have? How long have these implants been in there? Decades? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, well, not decades, but at least a decade. You know, the kid's 13. Let's say when he was a kid, he was three. So let's just minimum say 10 years. Yeah. That this family has been under the watch of aliens visiting nearly every night. Um, them having no fucking knowledge of it, and then only when they were prepping to get rid of them do they make themselves known. Because they rally around uh, Sam, and it's just no good. Now, one of the things, and this goes into what I was saying about these fucking creatures could shut your whole fucking brain down. What are you doing? Um, is because Jesse is going to go into like a little fantasy world. Yeah, I, I, I like how Fantasy World starts out with his father having shot his mother and then committing suicide. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty graphic, um, and that's the first hint to me that this isn't the aftermath of the alien invasion and the Sammy's being abducted, and this is what Jesse is seeing now that he's come to um, the fact that the father didn't really mess everything up. It mm-hmm. wasn't his fault, and he'd really come to terms with that, that it's not his fault, and all he can do is fight these things now to keep his family together. So since he'd really come to terms with that, and I bought that, this shooting himself in the face scene didn't fit, so I was like, okay, something's up here. Mm-hmm. And then he sees his brother giggling in a corner, and I'm like, okay, this isn't right. Even like even if the aliens do have control of everyone's brains, and what we're seeing is really happening, it doesn't, pan- it doesn't track. Mm-hmm. And then he hears... That porn that we saw him watching earlier in the show. 
yeah. from a distant room, which belongs to another house. Yeah, he's in the house melts away, and then he's in the the basically he, it's in this old house that his mom's been trying to sell, and where he went to go touch boobs and party and smoke weed and shit like that. His, I guess, girl crush. And basically girlfriend there girl, they yeah. would if ever, nothing ever happened to this kid they would be boyfriend and girlfriend soon enough yeah probably um you know and then uh, you know rat face and shit watching porn like come watch porn it's like the it's like the pervy grady twins like what of the Grady's? they like, really are <laughs> like, come watch with us yes <laughs> forever and ever and ever i was like i don't want to watch this one porn scene over and over and over again yeah, yeah. um especially with you guys you're weird that is um, weird but um we know that this is not happening yeah we know for sure that this is not happening and then you get the sense that well wait a second they said this entire time that what the aliens want to do is one of the things that i will say about about uh, jk simmons where he didn't deliver this line to the point in which i was like really uh where i where i thought it was like very convincing or very good where it was like they use our fear i'm like why would they use our fear like it's use it's, our fear to do what yeah yeah because it's like they 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 were they try to use our fears against us i'm like that makes no fucking sense like it's almost like um that episode of the simpsons where like bart gets all that shit glued on his face and then dr Hibbert, uh it, like scares him so he sweats and it all comes out and he's like couldn't you turn up the temperature he's like no it had to be terror sweat. Um, <laughs> like, I was like, why would the aliens need you to be scared? I was like, that seems to be like, if anyone had a question about like, well, why are the aliens doing stuff that's like scary, like they're ghosts? And I'm like, it's because imbeciles, it's a horror movie. And so they're trying to put some fucking frights in it. Don't question it. It's like, so to me, that line is garbledy good. But going back to the scene now where we're Jesse, um, they they did say that they want to separate like they need to separate like need to separate you another fucking weird thing to say because these aliens are ostensibly gods they're, oh they they're, really truly are their technology has made them godlike in comparison to us they almost seem the reason why they seem like ghosts is because their technology is so advanced it comes off as fucking magic that's yeah. why um, and so with that uh, superior technology, why do they need us to be scared? And why do they need us to be separated? It doesn't make any fucking sense. But they do. And they do. So, oh, yeah, he, he's he's separated from them. And he looks back to his family. And there's Wiener Piss Boy. And there's Carrie Russell. And there's Mad Dad. And they're all hugging and together and close and mm -hmm. safe. And he's surrounded by these aliens. What do you think about how the aliens look in this movie? The, the, the CGI working for you? Oh, or? yeah. And they're, like, backlit often enough. So yeah. it helps because yeah. they, they look like what, what I would imagine greys look like. And yeah. that's the, the thing with greys is that there are some, like some things that are similar between all renditions of them and some things that are slightly different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to nitpick about the, the size of their eyes or the length of their fucking hands or whether yeah, they have nostrils or not. I was just wondering stuff, if, yeah. if, if they worked for you. Oh, or completely. Not. Okay. Completely. Great, great, great. It works for me too. I like, I like that look. I always find it weird that, um, their people's first inclination is either that like the grays are all wearing onesies or they've just decided to forego clothes. Um, I'm just like, what is that all about? Like, I like that they're tall. That's one thing I really enjoyed about this is that they weren't mm -hmm. short because there's so many reports of them being very, very short and just yeah. little. Yeah, these things, they're very spindly, but they like, um, 
iridescent's not the right word, but ephemeral. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. They seem like very wisp-like. Um, and uh, so that, that's really cool. But yeah, then we got a fire in the sky or in the hallway. Fire in the hallway. Fire in the hallway. And he's, 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 taken. He's, he's taken. And then cut to what we all thought was going to happen. Like, listen, people have been talking. People have been really talking. They they think fucking their dad's nuts. He punched Rat Boy's. Uh, well, he he tried to like fight Rat Boy, but his father got he punched in the face. Fucking Sam's got bruises on his body. Uh, Jesse's been branded. They're they're out of money. They're down on their luck. Everyone is has been talking. And now their oldest son is missing, presumed dead. Or, at the very least, run away. Which doesn't help that all those little tiny things that we were looking at saying, they're way too concerned about what other people think. And other people are way too concerned about what's going on in this family. Now all those things have hit the newspapers because this is in the news and it looks horrible because they're assuming that the father might have abducted his ritually abused son. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, or he's like fucking buried in the yard somewhere, like yeah. a like a John Bonet Ramsey or something like that, you know. Just like, and it's it's genuinely pretty sad. And we see them uh, the the scene that I like, and and I kind of wish no, not kind of I one hundred and fifty percent wish that the f- credits rolled at uh, J.K. Simmons putting up the missing. Yeah, because he flips the missing thing of Jesse's missing uh, announcement in the paper with his picture and stuff up with all the other missing children on his wall. Yeah, the last five minutes of this movie, lose it. You don't need it. No, but it's it's fun. I mean, you could put it before that and then cut to the father who is now on this like one-man mission along with his lawyer to prove something bigger has happened here. And he's tracking other missing children cases and yeah. other cases like theirs that have happened in the U.S. And he has a wall, not dissimilar to I, Powell's yeah. wall. And then cut to Powell putting up his on his wall. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a battle of walls of newspaper clippings. Yeah. I totally need to make a newspaper clipping wall. Then. I know. That'd be really great. And you know, it would work in here, I feel. But uh, especially in your office downstairs, that's where it's It's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. I just need a bulletin board. Ooh. Um, Hey, Christmas is coming up. (laughs) Christmas is coming up. I'll just need one of those big honking, a huge wall-sized bulletin board so I can put up all my, like, missing people thing. I don't know what I'll clip. I'll clip something. I've always wanted uh, I've always wanted a blackboard on like the wheels that can like flip around and stuff like that just so I can explain alternate timelines to people in a very graphic way. This line here is our timeline. It'd be great if you could just wheel it out in mid sentence. Yeah, exactly. Like but yeah, no, this it, it's neat because it's just the realization that these things have been on their asses for over 10 years mm-hmm. because She's going through some of her missing son's belongings, her missing presumed deceased son's belongings, and seeing stuff like some family photos and yeah. cowlicky hairdos yeah. and some little pictures he drew when he was a kid of like him and mommy and daddy. And Sammy wasn't born yet, so it's just the three of them. Yeah. And then there's another picture of him on an operating table with like three tall Greg type alien guys looking over him. And then another one of him looking kind of worried <laughs> in bed with them like all around it adorable there exists in this world lids there exists in this world a little comic i drew and wrote as a wee boy 
about uh, aliens abducting me. Just to confuse psychiatrists and parents. Yeah, I still have that drawing. Maybe I'll take a picture of it. Yeah, do. That'd be great. You know, I'll take a picture of it next to my copy, my OG copy of Communion, the book that scared me so bad. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, For my Instagram peeps. But um, yeah, no, uh, I do. I will reel in a little bit, but I don't know. That walkie talkie scene. I don't want that scene in there. I wanted to at least say something intelligible that would. I don't know, like, I'm coming back, or, or, or like, goodbye, I guess, or... Um, or scream. A scream of pain would be fucking A scream cool. of pain is what I was sort of expecting. Um, um, I know who the Sandman is, or... Yeah, My something. eyes are bigger than yours, that'd be creepy, too. Do you think that, that, that this is his equivalent of, like, Travis Walton calling Collect? Do you think that he's he's has the radio because he's back on Earth? It's a baby monitor. Like how? Like what are we talking what about? What I think here? would even be better is a trucker going by outside and being like, "Goddamn radios on the frets." Yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. be fucking traumatized. Good. Are we? I think that'd be that'd be funny. But I'm yeah. a cruel individual. Yeah, either letting them know like he's back or he's a- around because it's like, okay, we got a signal from this thing. I know you'd have to call the expert on this, and that's Stephen King. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely think maybe because I, I like a more downtrodden ending. I that's how come I'm just like leave it on the deceased. Like, yeah, like, oh, totally. Like, or, or 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 missing. Just thumb that onto the wall. Pan out. Credits. No explanation. Like, you don't need to think he's come back. But they're pandering to the sheep. They're pandering sheep to the breeders. breeders. They're pandering to these people that are, you know, the most upsetting thing in this is that they had to move out of their house. Yeah, their giant house, and now they live in an apartment. Yeah. My word. Probably don't even have the car and have to take the loser cruiser to school every day. Yeah, could you even imagine? Could you even imagine Mm -hmm. having to take the loser cruiser? Mm -hmm. Public transit? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's that's who... uh, finds this ending touching i like I, I i don't hate it i just think that it would be a lot more powerful of a beat to go out on that's oh just, completely that's just, i do agree and that, like if you need to keep it remix it get rid of the the crackling it's not even a baby monitor it's walkie talkies oh is it i thought yeah. it was a baby monitor yeah it's my these bad, walkie talkies that the two kids were using to tell stories that's kind of a cool thing i do like that that relationship of the brothers where the older yeah. brother reads the younger brother's scary stories while they're being t- or after they're tucked into bed mm-hmm. at night through walkie-talkie that's kind of cute but um me and my sister had punched a hole in the wall between our bedrooms and talked through it at night my brother never read to me he threw books at me because i snored as a child oh what a nice guy. I would, i'd wake up with books all around me mm-hmm. fucking prick and just whipping stuff at night no yeah he would throw books at me to get me to stop snoring yeah but i'm i was such a heavy sleeper that I wouldn't... Uh, I was like, listen, I was always well-rested. You would wake up with books all around you. I would. I would like wake up and there'd be books around me. And I'd be like, oh, I guess I guess Caleb threw books at me again. That's kind of a dream of mine. Waking up with books all around you. Like a dragon on a pile of gold. <laughs> well, my ancient green dragon friend. What do we got next for him? I don't know. It's blank. It's blank for two, and then we get into some snowy stuff. I mean, you were talking about wanting to do more alien stuff. We're going to get there with the thing. Ooh. But in between that, we've got to fill a slot. I don't know. It is snowing. It's snowing early, so we could jump right into a little more space Ah. with the thing. 
Oh. You want to talk about aliens taking people over? We can talk about aliens taking people over. That, or we can find something to slot. So who knows? It could be a surprise Christmas miracle grab bag for y'all and us too, because we don't know what we're fucking doing next. But we have the thing coming up shortly. Yes, we do have the thing coming up shortly. We have a huge chocolate block list of stuff that is not slotted, but specifically next week we have nothing slotted. I oh. should have checked this earlier, I will admit, <laughs> but it's fun. Dun, dun, this is this is how we used to do it when yeah. we didn't know what the fuck was coming up next. Exactly. And, and we'd be like, oh, it's a surprise. And then apparently people hated that. <laughs> well, hate all you want. It is blank as we stand. Oh, my God. We'll figure something out. Don't you worry. Yeah, don't you worry. We're just going to leave it out on a crackling radio just saying something unintelligible. That's the movie. <laughs> I'm Wes Knight. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to crackly noises telling you what's next and also dead air.